If you love someone, let them go. If they come back with coffee, then it was meant to be. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome back to Chilltown. We're so glad you're here with us. Now, if you've been following along here for a while, um, you'll notice that today is uh, Chilltown's fifth episode since we've been on. This is important because if you remember back to uh, the Office episode, uh, episode five, season one, episode five is one of my favorite episodes of The Office, and it kind of saved me from like continuing to watching. And since this is Chilltown and The Office is officially the best show ever created, that's my favorite. <laughs> That's why uh, number five is special to me because of that. Number two, it's special because if you've been here from when we first started, as of the release of this episode, Chilltown will be one month old. So let's hear it for Chilltown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always excited to have the studio audience here with us. Yes. Thank you, studio audience. And then the third final reason why this episode is special. Again, at the hopefully this episode comes out on a Friday. So that means the following day will be the one year anniversary of I guess will you be going by Duchess now? Yes. Cool. You want me to say your name? I mean no. we've we've already said your name before. It will be the one year anniversary of the Duke and the Duchess. Yeah, officially. So it, uh, and I guess that's why I kind of wanted to have you. So our, I'll say it here, my favorite guest so far on Showtime oh is. That's so sweet. That was sarcasm. Not not really, actually. Wow. I'm, really, I'm really honored. Please don't. <laughs> don't kick me off. This will make the final episode. So <laughs> here we have, obviously. I mean, so early. You're going to have the crown of my favorite guest so far. How about that? Do you like that? Let's hear it I for think our I best. I should get the crown of your favorite guest do, ever. Do Dukes and Duchess get crowns? That's a good question. I don't know, but you know what you we, can get. We get, get a seat in the court, you know. You can get this from our studio audience. <laughs> yeah, Ellie Duchess. Thank you, yeah, thank you. All right, no, that's enough. So I brought you on here to Chilltown to talk about basically, I guess, us but in a different way because there's a lot of differences between us and yes. I think it'd be something we can celebrate. I don't even know how to really start off by saying that we're different aside from you're, you're a girl, I'm a boy. He's a year older than me. I am a year older than me. He robbed the cradle. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> but then we, as we'll kind of talk about it later on here, there were some cultural differences. There's really no other way to say it other than you're white, I'm not. Yes, I, and that's okay. I am what you'll get when you just put just a little dash of creamer in your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you do that, here you are. That's your boy. <laughs> and Ellie is the color of the creamer that you put in your coffee. <laughs> so we'll see what comes out the other end once this is all said and done. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. Um, so I think kind of get things rolling here let's talk a little bit about how we met well the duke and i met in college at the same job which was working at the school's gym and yes. the duke had been already there for a year so he was pretty well established within the gym staff community which if you know you know 
our our gym was very much a tight knit social circle. I had a posse at this point. I had <laughs> my group, my squad. Yeah, I had a reputation basically. Yes, that I had to uphold. And I came in there not knowing anybody. I mean, I knew my roommate, but she wasn't at the job, and it was my first job ever. Besides, like the common babysitting type things. I never babysitted. Well, for, you know. Were you just going to say that babysitting is a gender-specific role? Well, I feel like it's more akin to to the female population. But that's just like the typical thing for girls, how they get money growing up. And not to say that it's exclusive, <laughs> but I'm just saying that's the typical cash cancel, flow. Cancel them. Anyways... Uh, it was my first job, and I came in there as posse. And but the thing is, I think Duke had his posse. I'm so sorry. The Duke had his posse. It's so hard. I'm sorry. Um, but so I came in there, and the Duke had his posse. Shout out tribe. Yes. Shout Which out. Know. Shout out the tribe. Um, when I came in with the job. Duke already had a posse, but the thing is, is, I didn't know he was a part of the posse. I didn't notice him until the second semester. Yeah, as I look, as I look back, you know, I really did notice him the first semester, but for that was for a whole different story, and we'll we'll get to that another time. But the great philosopher Louise said, "Real G's move in silence like lasagna." So I was. He was everywhere. a sneaky little devil. Um, I had other people do my stuff. Yeah. I mean, well, and then so by this point, I was a supervisor, so I was a little yes, higher rank. He I was guess. my boss at during the second semester. Very scandalous. So that kind of forced me to like be in the same schedule as you. And the for you know the first semester we were never working together, which is like fine because again we didn't really know each other. We didn't really realize I had my, my friends. So as long as like my schedule was fine with like the people that I liked and knew I was fine. But then I said the following semester, I became a supervisor. So I was working a lot more often and a lot longer. So I would see more of the other staff more frequently. And then it just so happened that we ended up working at the desk together and people wanted to work at the desk because you really had a lot less responsibilities, but at the same time you had more than like everybody else because you were manning the computer you were the first line of defense if something popped off Um, you're the questions person yeah and the phone person which everybody hated answering the phone because people would just be asking dumb questions anyways (laughs) it was my first shift coming i think it's like my first friday shift coming back from the semester all the supervisors were back and i saw who's a supervisor on schedule is it Friday? I don't know, but it was the first, I think it was my first shift back, and I saw that you were on the schedule, and I literally, like, palmed to the face. I was like, I've seen this guy around. I don't, I mean, I've never talked to him, but I'm just like, oh my gosh, this guy is going to be so boring to work with for three hours. Because I wasn't white? Hours. No, because you never, you never said anything. You just, you know, sat, sat. At your desk, and you got work done. Did my job? Yes, you did your job. You did it so well. But the thing I is, was a supervisor. <laughs> the thing is, I was so afraid I'd show up to work and you weren't going to say a single word. Because the oh, thing no. is, when you work at the desk, 
you you get to chat and basically do whatever you want. You get to do your homework. It was great. Relax. No, we didn't. But if I was a supervisor, oh, it was going to be lit. <laughs> Anyways, so I walked in and this guy starts asking me every question under the sun. Because yes. I used to do this thing where I did, I wouldn't say a lot for like the longest time because I just, I had no purpose or want to really talk to a lot of people during this time and when it was like new people that i like had absolutely nothing in common with or at least that i thought i had nobody nothing in common with i would give them two two options i'd be like okay and i would turn my chair to them and i was like this shift can go two ways it can feel like 20 hours because we can sit here in silence or you can humor me i'm gonna ask you a bunch of questions and you can share whatever you don't want to share. Now, if that's going to be a problem, you can switch out with somebody else because that's going to be how it is. And normally, a lot of people chose the second option. And then it'd be like, okay, why are you here? How did you get this job? And then it would just go on to like, how would you define love to somebody who hates all things? It's just like random <laughs> questions. Like it become, especially yeah. if you did the closing shift, because that's what you'd go a long time before anything happened. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's how it started off. You were asking a bunch of questions, and the shift went by pretty fast. Yeah. And then it was just about, it was something about it also just, like, felt like it clicked. We were just talking, and it was fine, and it was cool. It didn't feel weird. And then there's another shift. The next shift I worked, the Duke came into the gym, and he told me i was studying for a anatomy and physiology lab practical and i was supposed to be monitoring the people playing basketball in the gym and he came in and was like what are you looking at i was like studying for my practical tomorrow and the duke said no you're not we're gonna talk well i said put it away because i'm gonna talk to you and And so i put it away yeah because i didn't want to study anymore oh that's why oh anyways (laughs) The shift went on, and yeah. he eventually walked me home, and then he left. And, and then got my Snapchat from another one of his, our mutual friends. Y'all remember Snapchat? <laughs> and he messaged me, and we went to IHOP. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot more context to that story, but, yeah. I mean, long story short, I went back to my apartment, and nobody was there. It was pretty late, too, because it was a closing shift. And one of my roommates was probably with his girlfriend. The other one, I don't know where he was. To this day, I don't know where he is. Um, and I didn't want to be alone. And I was like, I mean, I don't want to sit here by myself. Um, it's a Friday shift. Like, I don't Oh no, It was a Saturday. It was a Saturday. Saturday. And I was just like, like it's just, see, I, it was a Saturday, but I spelled it S-A-D-D-E-R-Y. Saturday. It was a sad day for me. Uh, but that's a time for another episode. <laughs> and so, yeah, you, you were the the reason I kind of hit you up was because you were the only person I knew that was still kind of like awake because it was kind of late. And yeah, so we went to IHOP. Sitting there quite a while too. Yeah. And honestly, so whenever repeating this story, I always say, don't ever follow her example because <laughs> you probably did the dumbest, most dangerous thing you could possibly do. Yes. You knew me, honestly, for a total of like... 48 hours? 72 hours? No, not even that. Maybe even like 
six to eight hours max because you like actual talking of actual talking right and this is going to be the first time we would hung out outside of of campus and i suggested to go off campus and you were like okay (laughs) and like they didn't know who i was they didn't told one person and the car you were driving yeah. was the sketchiest car right. and then it's one of those things that the more you pull peel, peel back the layers the funnier and sketchier it gets because it wasn't my car uh shout out hydro for that <laughs> it just so happened that and i think that's what that added to it too like i have a car well not my car i have a car um and funnier story i didn't have a license and either but that's another. but i didn't know that see that's what i'm saying like it was the worst thing. Yeah. Super dangerous. Don't follow that example. We went off campus and at some point it's like, this is where I take you and murder you. This is, <laughs> why, this is how the story ends. Uh, but luckily we didn't have time for that because I was hungry. Yeah. And so that was like our first like launch into we can hang out outside of work and it not be weird. Following that, we did lots of times where we would hang out and play basketball and just as friends we'd go out to Whataburger late now late night and like after studying or whatnot and I would study right I'd, I think I was just like I had a lot of FOMO in college fear of missing out and I was just like oh I just want to hang out with Abraham it's so cool and also I didn't know what the heck was happening because one time we were talking and it was one of our late night Whataburger hangs and the Duke was telling me his strategy Lol. for getting girls. Yeah, but that's, you can't say that on record here. Well, the Duke was telling me his, his strategy to get people to hang out with him, just like his friends and whatnot. And, and then I'd murder them. And then figuring, <laughs> and figuring them out. And he said, every time you think you have the answer. I changed the question. And <laughs> I was floored by this because I was like, exactly. That's why, like, I don't know if you like me or not. But, like, I almost said that, but I didn't. And then a couple weeks later, I finally did. I was the one to say that I, I liked you. That's true. And that was a super big step for me because I, I had never had a boyfriend before. And this is... Here's where the studio audience would go, aww. aww. But they can only clap. They can clap. Let's hear them again. <laughs> <laughs> But it was a really sweet time of just getting to know you, getting to know you as a person, as my future boyfriend, and then as my future husband. Yeah, I guess you'd fast forward because we didn't start dating until the following school year. So yes, we talked for six months because he wanted to make sure that I was, you know, there ready was, to get into something. There was a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. Going on. A lot of bad timing. Yeah. It Honestly, you couldn't write. Like we couldn't make this up like this, but it was uh, a lot of patience and prayer. You're telling me. And listening and... and uh, a lot of personal growth going on. Yeah. And, and there was always room for a lot more, but at this point we're just like, I don't want to waste like any so more. I don't want to waste any more time. So we started dating officially the beginning of my junior year. So your sophomore year. Yes. August 17th. 2017 we went through the whole we did the whole thing all the way till senior year well my senior year and then i had to leave because obviously i was going to leap into this crazy world and life that would be marriage and i know i needed to do stuff now so that future us would have a bit more stronger legs to stand on 
And so I we gra- I graduated in 2019 and then went moved back home, got a job and started working. I would say shout out Mama Dukes for letting me do that. But uh, but I mean, she also knew that like how important it was for us to kind of be ready. We kind of knew we were going to get married. It was just a matter of how and when. And so then 2019 happens. Fast forward it to October. October 12th. October 12th. Ellie is finishing up her senior year, get engaged. And then, of course, it's like happy for like two, three days because like everything worked together and everything's happy. And then I have to drive back home and yeah. finish off the year because I still have a job that I have to finish. Ellie still has her senior year that she needs to finish. And a lot of moving pieces were taking place, but it was finally like, yeah, we can do this. This is going to be great. And then the pandemic, the dreadful year that was. 2020 plans get changed we were hoping to get married well we ended up getting married in the summer of 2020 july which is uh as of this recording gonna be our one year anniversary (laughs) and really we were looking forward to merging two different lives that seem like shouldn't have been together but honestly when we got together like when we look back at it we were like what did we have in common and then one of the funny things that you know we both kind of looked back at was the only thing the lord and okay besides that like besides our spiritual lives um the thing that we had in common was that we both liked peaches and so we had a lot of peach things at the wedding because my aunt and my mom who (laughs) both helped us plan the wedding shout out to them they uh, are very very much romanticists and they're like oh that's so sweet it's and they love to zoom in on a single detail yes and, and we go blow ham. it up we go ham and it I, was great and it we was we should have said we both like money <laughs> yeah Abby, buckets and buckets of mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah so like i guess that's a good segue into saying like we've as we were talking as we were dating as we were hanging out as we were getting married or in the process of our wedding there was times and conversations where we realized that there's a lot of differences from us and i would like to kind of get into that it's one of the i think one of the biggest things that we were kind of both looking forward to with our wedding was uh having this how would you describe the band it's pretty much tejano music i guess it's, okay so it's like tejano mu- music but they do like games and stuff rather than uh, you know getting up and dancing and i had experienced that at your sister's wedding while we were dating and shout out kathy and bruce shout out kathy and bruce follow um, them on instagram <laughs> oh my but it was just a really fun thing and i had never like done just purely like dancing games at a at a wedding before yeah. and it was fun i mean and i was like you know it's something that was important to your family especially and you know weddings are supposed to mesh the the two together so yeah and it was good and the one thing that we were really looking forward to was like celebrating that or yeah and kind of showing it off too a little bit i mean even if we didn't have you know that fun band at our our oh yeah the ceremony for our wedding easily easily blended you know, yeah. our two cultures. We we ended up not being able to have the the giant wedding that we wanted. So no band, no nothing, because guests got slashed and then slashed again mm-hmm. and then slashed again. And we changed venues. <laughs> we changed venues like and, three months out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that, I mean, that was like probably the the one that 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 kind of stuck. It was the one that that sucked the most of like not being able to do just because I was wanting to like because we were gonna travel the band like we were gonna yeah. Yeah, y'all are already in contact. Like, it was a yeah. for sure thing. And then, yeah. And it was going to be a big deal because, like, they were going to come in from Mexico. <laughs> they were going to drive up. 
we were going to pay for their hotels and like it was all set we put a down payment on them they're these guys are uh, this band is actually a friend of the families mm -hmm. they actually did a lot of church events when my parents were or not i'm not gonna say like when they're super young but when they were like late um earlier in their lives and um, so we kept in contact with them and i actually talked to them the summer before we got engaged mm -hmm. they did a party and uh we were there and um so we walked over to them and i was just like hey i, I uh I, i'm getting married hopefully next next summer so like we want you there and he's like it's we're, we'll be there for sure we're gonna be there for you and they actually played at my sister's wedding so i was like i wanted exactly the same they're like and that's what you're gonna get <laughs> yeah so it was pretty exciting we were pretty pumped and then it didn't turn out but like you said our ceremony was also very different um and i feel like a lot of people commented most mostly about how much they liked the ceremony yeah i mean the majority of the people at the wedding i would say were from my side yeah so a bit a bit wider on the spectrum <laughs> and i mean it's something that's not often often done we did this thing called padrinos yeah well like padrinos is uh like godparents and when we do our ceremony, we have what is called, I guess we, we kind of coined it that. I don't think that's like what it right, is. Right, right. I don't think that's the ceremony. <laughs> yeah, but they call it the Padrino ceremony. Uh, but shout out uh, Shannon for, for being able to, to do that. <laughs> that's our pastor. Uh, and um, yeah, so there's, there's a, I think there's five gifts. There's four. Okay, so let's. There's well, there's four we, padrinos, but I think there's maybe. So we. So this is kind of like a combination of Christian and Hispanic culture coming together because yes. the gifts are a Bible, a pillow, prayer pillow, pillow, prayer pillow, uh, coins, and then the lasso. Technically, a praying stool. We actually so like um, we will have a padrino kind of either make or provide a praying stool, and then like it's supposed to be there. So when they do the prayer pillows can kneel down then you can kneel down on the thing so basically what it is is you have as a couple like the married couple chooses uh, about four or five couples married couples in whatever age range they want and they kind of it's it's pretty formal all the times we've done it we've uh sat down and had like a meal with them and then said like you know we want you to be the padrinos of the bible because we think that you guys show the most or a biblical biblical wisdom and yeah. you you we see the the importance of scripture in your life and we want you to be present in our in our wedding and to let you know that we look at you for that and they're like okay we'll do it and then you'll pick somebody who will do the praying pillows and be like uh we want to choose you guys because we see how powerful prayer is in your life and how important it is and so on and so forth um coins is more so financial like pick somebody who we'll say um we see how how God is involved in your financial life and how, you know, you give to the church and you're always giving to other people. Um, and we want to model that after you. And we'll get into a little bit about what the coins mean necessarily. Um, basically, it's like, I think it's 11 like silver coins and then a 12 gold coin or opposite. I don't really remember. There's so many things happening that day that I don't remember and I should know this. <laughs> yeah, I I really enjoyed our our little ceremony, you know, put a whole a whole new meaning to it, you know, incorporating these things, incorporating our family more so into the ceremony, and it was it was really refreshing to to see that, I guess. Yeah. So the coins are traditionally known as the aras um, in Spanish, uh, which means pledged. There are thirteen gold coins are given by the groom to the bride during the marriage ceremony. Um, this basically signifies that uh, we, we've kind of talked about it uh, that the the padrinos that we chose have shown knowledge in the in financial areas and um 
the coins were kind of kept in like a small box. So we had, you know, uh, my best man had kind of, we give them the coins, right? And then the padrinos walk up and they handed it to me and then I hand it over. So I kind of like Ellie cups her hands and I kind of pour. You mean the Duchess? Right. <laughs> Do you want to use your Duchess? Uh, we've already said your name in the first episode. Okay, so. <laughs> um, so, um, I kind of drop the coins in her hand and as I'm doing this, we're kind of, I'm kind of repeating or reciting what, what it means. And it's basically like in a super, super traditional, uh, standpoint, like as the male, like with finances, I, I'm trusting you to be a good steward of it. So here's like me giving, like showing that I trust you with finances as I'm like pouring the coins into your hands and then you do it back to me and you basically, and you know, the bride basically says, you know, you're trusting me with this. So I'm telling you, like, I will be a good stewardship of the money. And like our family will never be in want or blah, blah, blah. And there's 13, there is one I feel that's, that's out of a different color to know, to show that like one coin out of our finances will be given to like charity or to church or our tithe or kind of like, it depends on what you want to put in that blank. Yeah. Then we do that. And then we do the, um, we do the, the lasso. The lasso. Um, and then that one, we just kind of pick a couple that like has signified a marriage. A tight of, marriage. Yeah, a tight marriage. And we actually got to use the lasso that my parents used at their wedding and the lasso that my sister used at her wedding. So like it's just a lasso that's been. A lot of really nice traditions that are just kind of handed down yeah. on your side. Yeah. And so, and I say that because I've never seen it done in a quote american wedding <laughs> yeah no never <laughs> i mean even though we're americans <laughs> yeah. yeah and padrinos kind of go as far as not even that um we do quinceañeras which is the like a sweet 16 but at 15 years old and padrinos i always saw them as sponsors like somebody yeah. will sponsor the cake someone will sponsor the food someone will sponsor i mean you can go as far as someone sponsoring the dress like that's yeah. that's insane um so that was a cool thing to show in front of everybody that like this is a merging of two different cultures coming together. Mm -hmm. Of course, we would have loved to, to, to shown it in a grand spectacle of music and dancing. But that was kind of a cool thing to do because it was kind of in intimate too. like those who were there, like have even told us how they felt. We were like pulling the curtain back and they were able to see a very more intimate kind of uh, ceremony. Because I feel like um, not to like shoot on anybody else's wedding ceremony, but like it seems very generic. And this one was like they just said like it's not. And even those who got to see it online said too that they really enjoyed it. It puts a it puts a lot more meaning and and thought behind it. I think, and I think that's what people appreciated. I mean, because yeah. typically you see the vows, and you know, a lot a lot of times in more Christian weddings, there's like unity ceremonies with pouring the sand or like washing each other's feet, and that's enough for me. Yeah, we're 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 not big on, <laughs> yeah, on the feet sorry. washing. I I'm mean, sorry. what it means, yes, obviously, obviously, but. but it'd be kind of a mess. <laughs> but we had people that really appreciated it. I really appreciate it. My family really appreciated it. Even our even the guy who was officiating, oh, our, yeah. who was our college pastor, he was like, you know, this is awesome. I yeah. love this. Like, what yeah, was this called? I yeah, he's like, again. I've never done this before. <laughs> and he was texting me like the day, uh, like the morning of, because he was trying to be very sensitive of what to call it. Because he, he also didn't make sure he pronounced it well. Pronounced it well. Didn't want to offend anybody by saying like, quote, Hispanic culture, right. or like according to them. Like he didn't want to be like that. So he was like, pretty stressed out about it uh, i really enjoyed that he choked up at the end like i, I kind of didn't expect it from him but in doing so obviously came the conversation I, even before we got married we came into the conversation of like what our lives are going to look like mm -hmm. coming from two different like takes and they weren't some weren't super serious some 
could be serious, but not like that serious. So, Ellie, you had mentioned kind of off off the pod uh, something that you thought was not weird, but like just kind of like that was different. And as far as yeah, so. Mm, we were talking about just like growing up, like things he did, like how he celebrated holidays and stuff like that. You know, one time I asked him, like, you know, what was your favorite Halloween costume you ever dressed up as? And I said the letter L. And I was like, really? No other ones? And I was like, that's the only time I've dressed up for Halloween. And that was like really shocking to me because I was like, you've never celebrated Halloween. But I no. freaking love. I loved going trick or treating and stuff like that when I was little and you know, I thought it was awesome. I'd go, my dad would get with other dads, and they'd take me and my friends across the neighborhood, and it was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I never did. Um, not to say that I was never, quote, allowed. You know, there's, growing up Christian is like, there's always a stigma of like, yeah. you're not allowed to do it. I, I don't think my mom ever told us not to, but we were just never like, it was never promoted to us. And then we were pretty involved in church. And by the time we got to a certain age, like the city that we were living in looked towards the church to host like the trunk or treat. Yeah. Or the what they call the fall festival yeah, and fall stuff festival. like that. So being so involved in that church and being part of the youth, like we had to be there and we were working. And honestly, like I didn't care. I thought it was better than whatever everybody else is doing. Um, so like to say it wasn't, I, I'll say it that way. It wasn't never promoted to me, even as a child. Like also, I don't mean to sound like, I don't even know how to say this, but I always saw that as like something that wasn't for me or my kind. Is <laughs> <laughs> a more of a... Yeah. Thing. yeah so like and then people when i said that one time people looked at me like you're dumb like you're crazy <laughs> um but i'm like think about it like look at the tv shows on tv like who's celebrating who's celebrating halloween like look at the commercials who's celebrating halloween look at the look at the pictures of the costume costumes on like the packaging like i always just looked at it and i was like oh okay well that's something you know they celebrate not me it, it hasn't been till recent i wouldn't i wouldn't say recently but like it took a while for them to show a bit of diversity and even the shows that i see that were like not an all-white cast uh they were really old and so their halloween was just going to a party so i never saw the action of them trick-or-treating dressing up the house being decorated you know and in, either way the houses that that are decorated in halloween are like these ginormous mansions <laughs> With like the giant inflatable yeah. pumpkin and the, you know, all that stuff. So, so I, honestly, that was one thing that I was just like, it's just not for me. It's not for us. And that's fine. Like, I don't feel like I'm missing out. Yeah. But, and then it wasn't until like later that I was like, oh, I guess I guess everybody did that. It's not just them. So, so now the conversation is, what are we going to do when we have kids? I, I mean, mean, we don't have to answer that on the pod, but I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we're faced with that. I yeah, mean, that's I mean, going to be a, a couple years down the road. Yeah. I mean, that's an ongoing conversation of how we're going to mesh how you grew up and how I did. Yeah. And all this. I mean, going on how we grew up. I mean, I grew up homeschooled for the majority of my life. And you grew up public school. Public school and a bloodline of teachers. Public school teachers. Yes. Yes. So, I was ingrained in the education system. Yeah. And I went to public school uh, starting my freshman year of high school. And we had also moved that year as well to be closer to her family and my dad's work um and, but i mainly joined public school to do do sports and that was a big change for me from being homeschooled all my life doing lots of field trips growing up growing up in a very you know kind of sheltered christian home sheltered christian upbringing and i don't i don't even know how to describe public school coming from a home you learn things from the school of hard knocks for sure yeah i mean i lived 
I legit thought I was going to get beat up my <laughs> my first, like, two weeks of being there. I, I remember specifically there was these girls in my class because I had – everybody was like, you know, like, where are you from? What are you doing? Are you – have you ever seen mean girls? And I was like, no, I wasn't allowed to. And this girl was like, oh, perfect. I'm going to call you Africa. And I was like, okay. I don't know if that's, like, an endearing, you know <laughs> – nickname or something but i legit responded to like africa for like a solid two months in public school and yeah (laughs) because i don't know for any type of preface in mean girls the main character Lindsay lohan she is a homeschooler and she was homeschooled in africa and then she goes to public school and the main girls are like so you're from africa and we're gonna call you africa and so they called her africa and so I called you that. And then so they called me that. And so, you know, just those those fun little parts of public school. Yeah. <laughs> getting made fun of. But you know, sometimes it's it's always good to get made fun of like for a little bit. So, you yeah. heard it here, folks. Bullying works. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone needs a little bit of a they can gain from a harder exterior. <laughs> wow. I mean, you know, rolling with the punches in life. <laughs> Not to say bully everyone in your life. That's really bad advice. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean. So now we've, we're trying to figure out, you know, what are we going to do with our kids when we grow up? Because I had a really good experience being homeschooled because my yeah. mom was great and she took us to all these different field trips. You know, she made it a point that, you know, everything had a point of education. We explored what we loved and we weren't, we weren't the type of homeschoolers, though, because I know this gets a big big stigma the ones that only you know explore what you love no we had like we had serious uh classes like i took online classes from these different professors from across the the u.s i guess when i was in junior high we did k-12 type stuff we had we had curriculum that's what i'm trying to get yeah curriculum get, get across now, yeah so i don't even know how to go from there i was in public schools from head start till current because i'm still in the you're still in the public school system still Uh, learning every day and so like my mom so again shout out mama dukes for she was she changed her entire like career i guess to be to be a teacher um because we were technically esl students and what that basically means is english is second language so we learned spanish my sister and i technically my other brother learned spanish first so we went into a public school not knowing english well my sister more so than i and my mom realized that she needed to kind of be kind of in charge of of that or not in charge but like needed to be in the building because when my sister started school like my sister didn't speak a lick of english so she's like if she's hurting or something like there's no way she can say anything and then you know there's was well then just teach she just taught her english i was like but my mom really wanted to like keep that culture in us so she made it a point to teach us spanish first so then she became a a a teacher a teacher aide and then she worked with a, a really cool principal at the where we were living at the time and he allowed her to take classes to get her certification done she became a teacher and then like that she's been doing that for i think 15 years now and then my sister became a teacher because of that reason and then i went that pathway too uh later found out that i have family members in mexico so it's like my grandma's sister-in-law so my my grandpa's sister uh, is a retired teacher in mexico taught for like 20 some years she has three daughters one is a PE teacher, one's a, a school teacher, and the other one technically went to college to be a teacher, but she never taught, and they're all, like, 
teachers in Mexico. So, like, I go, like, when I say I'm a bloodline of teachers, like, that is what, what it is. who you are. Yeah. And a lot of people tell me, like, well, then did you choose that or did, you know, yeah. for your family? I was like, no, no one pressured me to do it. Honestly, it's kind of cool to, to be that person. But anyways, yeah, like, I went to public school. I saw people getting bullied. I saw <laughs> fights multiple times. I think my first scuffle that I ever saw I think I was in the first grade and it was between like two fourth graders and it was the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. Like, and they, they were about it. Like there weren't these, like there weren't these two kids that just like were kids. No, they looked terrifying. (laughs) And I remember one stood, it was early too. It was during breakfast. One stood up, circled around the table. He was on a mission. And then the other one, as he got closer, the guy that was sitting down stood up too and he shoved them. And then they like got hit face to face and were about to start swinging. You can already tell. But then by that time, teachers came in. Dang. And then like all through middle school, I think every sixth, seventh, eighth grade, I saw a fight twice a year, maybe. And then, I mean, not to say anything. I, I loved public school. It was so a lot of fun. I didn't get to experience a lot of field trips because they were all school funded. Yeah. But I mean, I got to make a lot of good friends and I got to play sports and I was in band and I did all these cool things. I made a lot of friends <laughs> and all these like weird experiences too. Like you don't understand how much non-curriculum you learn when you're in a public school because you get people from all over, all walks of life. Yeah. yeah. Then like there's very few places you can be in band and basketball that's not coming out of your pocket. That's the thing. Homeschooling is anything you want to do that's like really extracurricular. Like if you wanted to learn a, an instrument or like do any type of sports, like you got to you gotta pay for that <laughs> out of pocket. Yeah. And it is not cheap. Well, that's something new too. Back in the day, you did have to pay for your own like sports and band stuff. Yeah. You know, like your uniforms and stuff. But like you, if you're, if you're homeschooling, and you want to play something you got to pay you know the season fee you got to pay to be on the team yeah. you got to pay you know your mom's got to put something into the pot for snacks you know <laughs> yeah and then when it comes to sports i, I, I don't know who i was talking about i was like i love playing private schools <laughs> when we were playing sports they're like why is it because we let them know they were a private school <laughs> yeah i mean it, that was a basically a live practice like you got to practice all these offenses <laughs> Uh, I guess for instance, private school, which is different because now what I did when I was homeschooled is we we were in a different different city and we did a co-op. And so every Friday we would go and we'd have a couple of classes on that day. So one of the my mom required us to do was our science class because she did not want to teach science, (laughs) which is fine. But we went there and. Each of the moms taught different things. You know, we had textbooks still, we had curriculum, and we had assignments, all that fun stuff. And then the other two classes you had during the day, you know, you could do whatever you want. So we had, you know, we had this one class that was like a battle tactics class. It was wild. And, you know, we got to, we got to do the, redo the battles with like water guns. It was really funny. Or my mom did this one that was like specifically weird science experiments. So like making the cornstarch and water stuff or making a trash can cannon thing where you put smoke in it and it makes smoke rings. (laughs) Just a bunch of weird, weird experience like making Orbeez (laughs) and just knowing the science behind which was which was fun. Yeah, we get that experience if you're like the smarter kids in school, (laughs) like all the AP, pre-AP, dual classes. You do the funner experience. That's so true. I did the the ball rockets, the fire. <laughs> but the, the funny thing about that, or going back to like public school v private slash homeschool. Homeschool. Uh, I remember this one time we were doing this thing with a Bunsen burner. I think, oh, no. and basically that's just like gas, and then you have to spark it. 
Is that is that the yeah? Point? Okay, that's a so bunch we were doing that, and we were like, I think I was a sophomore, so I was like sixteen, and then I was in a group of all guys that were my friends, so we were just being like disruptive, <laughs> and, and uh, so we were like messing with it, and we like knocked the fire. Not okay, we didn't we didn't do anything like that, but like what I was trying to say is like the fire went out. Okay, and so we, the fire went out and in a very dangerous way because like it like hit, and I think it was like the gas was like pointed towards the hose for a while, oh and so gosh. like we quickly picked it up, and then we didn't want to tell the teacher that like we needed an, a spark again because she was the only one going around. And this guy comes up to our table and he's like, "Hey, you guys need a spark?" And I was like, "I mean, yeah, but we're just gonna wait." And he, as before we can say anything, he pulls out a lighter from his pocket and just like flicks it, lights our Bunsen burner, and then quickly puts it in his pocket and then walks away. <laughs> we were like, wow. "Why do you have?" A, and he's like. Shh. It was just like weird things at the time didn't didn't mean much to me. Cause like, oh, okay, but then you realize like, wait, we're in school. What do you how do you have a lighter? Uh, so that was kind of a funny. And actually, I still talk to this to our chemistry teacher. So shout out to her. Yeah. So besides that, I don't know what else you can talk about. What other <laughs> cultural differences do you think you know we have? Um, let's do traveling. Oh yeah. So my experience with traveling is my parents made made it like first and foremost that. We travel, you know. We we did a lot of hiking. We did a lot of museums growing up, and I think that you know continues from our field trips of being homeschooled and whatnot, which was really cool. And so every time we traveled, like sometimes we would go see family, but the majority of the time, you know, we're going we're going to see something, whether that's Colorado or Europe, England. My grandparents live in England, so you know we visited them a couple of times, and that was really cool. But Duke had a different experience growing up. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> he finds my experiences wild when it comes to travel. I find them rich. <laughs> because I, so I was what, 22, 20, yeah, probably 22, 22 yeah. the first time I left Texas. And people have always told me, people, white people <laughs> have always told me. Say it. <laughs> it's with your chest. I've always told me, like, I was six months old the first time I rode a plane. And I was like, okay. I was 23 the first time I rode a plane was when we left for our honeymoon. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, just to, and I remember this one time someone told me that they're like, I was, you know, months old when I first got on a plane just to show you my life experience. And I was like, are you trying to flex? Tell me that you're rich or what? Why is like, why did you make that statement? <laughs> Loki, like, is that racist? <laughs> and so, yeah, so our vacate quote vacations were always visiting family. Okay, so I when I say I left Texas in I the United States. North. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Moving north. I've I've we've been to Mexico, we visited uh places like Santa Marina, Matamoros, San Fernando, like where we all had family. So my dad's family isn't so in a place called Santa Marina. My mom's dad's side so my grandpa on my mom's side passed away way before i even met him so like we had family that that was like our one connection there um so we would go to san fernando every every so often we haven't been there in like since my brother was born and he's gonna turn 17 oh he turned 17 so it's been a while it's it's just gotten more and more dangerous to go to that particular side of mexico uh matamoros is super close to us so we would literally cross eat and then come back people still do that so you know shout out to them (laughs) Um, so when I said, like, it's hard to say, like, have you ever left Texas? Like, I mean, yeah, but. And everyone who's like, oh, I've been to Mexico, too. And they talk about res- resorts, Cancun, <laughs> yeah. all this stuff. And I'm like, no, nope, I'm talking dirt roads. Uh, no, no, not really street lights. Uh, bucket showers. <laughs> bucket showers. You may have a house that has indoor plumbing. 
yeah. but I've, I've also did my share in outhouses for a couple of days. And so like, you know, stuff like that is kind of fun and it's cool to see it because you get to experience it firsthand, like sp- talking with my dad and my grandma and all that. So my, my grandma and my dad are both from Mexico. They were born and raised there, came to the United States at different parts of their lives. So we won't get too, too further than that. They're here now, permanent residents, not technically U.S. citizens. I had a conversation of, of this not too long ago, how, like, what does that mean? And I was just like, well, I mean, I was like, they're legal. It means their, their, their card is green enough to stay here, not green enough to be official. And so like, and we're talking about how we want, I want my, my dad to take, take a citizenship test. And we're like, yeah, dad, we'll, we'll throw you a giant USA party. <laughs> like we'll dress you like the Yankee dude or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and then my dad also has family in north north side of Dallas, and so we we would we actually lived there for a little bit with them, and so and then we came back down home, and then we go up there every once in a while. It's a weird story how they ended up there. It almost feels like they were taken there as indentured servants, but <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not for real. It's just like technically, I was like, that's kind of the same thing, and my mom's kind of like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> But anyway, so we have family there. So anytime we would travel, it would be like to visit them. And then maybe one day out of like the four days we were there, we would go somewhere. I mean, only when we'd go to, to, to near Dallas because we wouldn't go anywhere when we go to Mexico except like the market or something. And then I have an uncle in Houston or he kind of moved around there. He's currently in Houston. So anytime we go to Houston, we stay with them. We make it a point to stay with them a lot. And then we maybe go one place or the other. I think it's kind of a... A testament of how, like, in a, like, Hispanic households, family is, like, everything, almost. Because if you go down to where I'm from and you see families, I know a couple of families that you go down a street and it's, like, they live there. Their aunt lives two doors down. Their grandmother lives in front of them. They have a cousin that also lives next door. Like, they're all in that neighborhood. Like, my, my, my great-grandmother, who's still alive, lives next to her son. And then, like, her other son is, like not too far either even like my mom and my sister they're across the city but they're so relatively close and they're always at each other's houses so like thinking of of vacations that's like no we're there to see family and that's all we're gonna do like that was never it was actually kind of surreal when I went with you guys because I guess for my graduation present we got to go to Colorado your parents took me to Colorado and the whole time I was there I was kind of like this is kind of weird that we're not here like that we don't know anybody here (laughs) Like, I was kind of freaking out. I was like, if I get killed or something, like, ain't nobody here that's going to notice. Wow. I'm not saying y'all are going to kill me unless. Okay. What? <laughs> um, but, you know, like, things happen. Boulder, Colorado is notorious for several we're, uh, we're not gonna crimes, go. okay? Yeah, okay, okay. Who yeah. killed John Monet? <laughs> anyway. we, are, we are avid crime junkie listeners, so we're a little cautious. <laughs> Not jaded. Chilton is, is safe. Yes. Chilton. Because it's a state of mind. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. So, that was a big thing, too. And also, like, just overall, it was it was insane. But there was a caveat to that because we took our parents right before. I mentioned this in my third episode. We went to New York for Christmas. I, I think I said New Year's, but it's actually for Christmas. Yes. And, yeah, seeing my dad and my grandma, like, see the Statue of Liberty, which is, like, the ultimate symbol of, like, America. (laughs) It was kind of funny. My dad really enjoyed Ellis Island, going through the process of coming into the United States. A small part of me was, like, maybe because this resonates with him a little bit. Like, my dad did it properly. He didn't come here. 
I mean, he did it properly the second time. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, he was like going through every section, looking at him. And then I liked asking him afterwards, like, what did you learn? And like, what was your favorite part? And he's like, no, like, this is, this is crazy. Like, like, you know, the grandmas, like the kids that don't get to see their parents anymore, or, like family members who are lost and stuff like that. And I was just like, dang. <laughs> it was just like shed a tear, <laughs> and yeah, so that was kind of cool. That's I guess that cuts down on vacations time. Yeah, I mean, I think we both want to. We have kids and stuff, or even just like before kids, we want to take like more trips and stuff. I graduate from my school. We have more adult money. Yeah, adult money is good. I mean, my family has always been, you know, conscious of our spending habits. Of course, of course. But you know, I I can say that. We've been blessed to never have to, like, really worry about money. I mean, you know, my mom, we, we were we were spoiled more so, you know, than a lot of people. But, Facts. okay. <laughs> I mean, I was spoiled too, but. Yeah. I always tell people we've had different definitions of the word comfortable. Yeah. I think that's, like, the, one, the, the most PC answer and PC way to say that. Different terms of comfort, like. Yeah. Some people find, you know, like. A ginormous house as comforting, and some people find like a very small, humble house as comfort. Like we just had different yeah, definitions and, of it. Yeah. Uh, so, like you know, even going back to like traveling and school and all that stuff, like it was comfortable for us and yeah. could very well be uncomfortable for other people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think of like my dad. I am very lucky to call this my comfortable. And not what he called that his comfortable. I mean, not to say that he was like, oh, I have no problem with this. But, like, that was what he had at the time. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, he didn't have much. And then my grandma even further, you know, didn't have a lot either. And just thinking of that word comfortable and saying, like, wow, like, we really do have it way better. Or, like, we do have it good. As opposed to other people. Yeah. I'd say that our families are very, are very blessed. Now we have, like, this weird... I've always feel like I've struggled with, like... I don't want to say, like, I, I want to, like... I want my kids to, like, know the struggle, but, like, I also don't want them to, like, not be aware that there's a life that could be like that. I don't know. That might not make the, the main episode. No, that makes sense. I mean, you want to make sure that your kids know the difference between being spoiled and not having anything and knowing yeah. their roots. All right. So, this is really cool. This is a lot of fun to kind of talk about. And I think... We kind of scratched the surface of things. I think we hit big topics, but kind of didn't really dive real deep into them. So this may or may not be a, like a part one or a part two. This could be multiple parts. We'll see. Yeah. If you guys have any questions, maybe feel free to put them on our Instagram page at the Chill Town Pod. Chill, Chill Town Pod. Pod. Yeah. And go ahead and just throw some questions into our next post. And maybe we'll take time to answer some of those. On air. I have a little bonus episode. Whoa. <laughs> Intrigue. Intrigue. So do you have any ones you want to shout out here? I think we should just shout out both our our moms and dads because they put a lot of work and effort into both of our educations. And really appreciative on both of our upbringings, how hard our families have worked to get us where we are and to develop us into the people that we are now. Oh, we are now. Yeah, so big shout out to Mom and Dukes and Pops for that. Uh, we really appreciated you guys listening. This was a lot of fun. Like um, we said, if you do have any questions, anything else you want us to talk about, please let us know. 
at Chilton Pod on Instagram. I'm also working on a on a on a uh, email, so hopefully that that'll come soon. So we'll see that. Uh, hope you enjoy this, and hope to see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>